Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Plaxploitation Book Club, where I take a positive look at the nasty and extreme, but unlike the YouTube channel, I do it with a guest. And this week, my guest is Stephen Kozanewski. Uh, welcome hey, everybody. to the show, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problems, man. It's really good to get to chat to you in person. It's cool. Um, yeah, before we get into things, just as the show's pretty new, I'll just go, go over what it's about quickly uh, for anyone who might not know. Um, so the podcast is basically where I invite a guest onto the show from the extreme horror and splatterpunk community. It can be anyone from an author to reader, a cover artist, publisher, editor, like just a fanboy of the extreme horror. And yeah, if you get to come on and talk about a book that you really like, uh, nothing negative, just books that you really enjoy. And yeah, we just sit here and have a chat about them. Uh, the only little kind of guidelines really is uh, no book of your own if you're an author and no door stops because I already have to read far too many books every month. Um, so yeah, with that said, uh, just welcome the guest again. And yeah, if you want to um, just um, tell people a little bit about yourself, maybe uh, what books you've got out and where they can pick them up and yeah, anything you want really, I'll give you the floor for the moment. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Steve Kosniewski. I'm an author of science fiction and horror. And uh, more recently, I'm becoming uh, popular for blending science fiction and horror. So I think I'm probably best known for the hematophages um, in this community. Uh, my most recent book that I had out was uh, Clickers Never Die, which was a continuation of the uh, Extreme Horror uh, Clicker series from J.F. Gonzalez, Brian Keane, and uh, Mark Williams. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> all my books are available on every platform. Uh, so I always joke and say, if you can spell it right, you can find it. Mm -hmm. But it, it's really true. Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Kobo, Smashwords, everything. Uh, you can find my stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really just happy to be here. Oh, I am a two-time winner of the World Horror uh, Gross-Out Contest. I was hoping to rectify that this past weekend um, at Scares That Cares, but still no dice. So congrats uh, to Chris DeLeo uh, for beating me yet again. I was wondering who won. I saw a few posts about it, but I never saw who actually won. So. Yeah, yeah, it was DeLeo. It was very uh, quiet about it, or maybe it's just got a low-key presence i don't know yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean the book that i've read of yours recently was um slash fiver i thought that was oh. absolutely amazing i loved that like... yes thank you and uh yeah uh that was one that i did uh with uh, stevie copas who's just this incredible incredible author um i'm gonna try and yell at her and try to <laughs> try to get her to start coming out to cons a little more um next year but uh, yeah, that one was like our take on uh, kind of the running man, but with 80s mm -hmm. slashers. So like we had a, like a Terminator type and like a Freddy Krueger type and a Hannibal Lecter type and, you know, all with the serial numbers, you know, it's like, <laughs> eh, well, if if you don't look at it too hard, oh yeah, yeah, I see what they were doing. And then you just had to go into the arena and face down with the slashers. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. That's exactly my sort of thing. Like the minute I started seeing it, it was like running man, but like extreme horror. I was like, well, I'm definitely in. It had that awesome. like Borderlands or Mad Max feel to it as well with the post-apocalyptic yes. world. So, 
Yeah, that's definitely what we were going for. Yeah, definitely achieved that. That was fantastic. Kind of hoping for a sequel, really. <laughs> we have, uh, we definitely have a prequels almost done. We started mm -hmm. a sequel and yeah, more to follow. Like I said, if I can convince Stevie to start coming <laughs> out uh, to cons again, we may need something to share at our table. Exactly. I think that would work perfectly for that. Um, yeah, so before we get into the book we're going to cover today, uh, I also invite every guest to bring along a 60 second or under short. Um, I believe you've got one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. go ahead and do it? Uh, yeah, if you want to have a go at that. Um, yeah, the idea with the 60 second short is, uh, like I said, I ask every guest if they want to do one. And at the end of the year, we compile them all together, stick them in a book, and probably like sell it off for a, a charity thing. And I'll probably combine all the videos as well. So feel free to put on a bit of a performance. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this is the first anything I've ever had. I ever had published back in uh, 2013. And this is called Clockwork Awful. With the touch of a switch, pneumatic lungs began to pump. Nerve endings crackled with artificial impulses. And a turning piston instead of a heart pumped blood surrogate to his brain. He blinked in the light as the hood around his head unzipped. He sensed his body missing, replaced with arcane and inhuman machinery. Eternal life, croaked the thing that had pretended to be his wife for so long. Like this, he gasped. It nodded. Why, he begged plaintively. The thing cocked its head. Why not? Then it zipped the hood closed leaving him to wail in the darkness forever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was the first thing you wrote, was it? Or the first thing published? The, no, definitely not the first thing I wrote, but the first thing I ever had published, yep. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Was that like an, uh, an anthology or short collection? <laughs> or... Yeah, so if you count the words, that's exactly 100 words. Uh, that's what they call a uh, drabble. Drabble, yeah. And that was in a collection of Dravels called Another Hundred Horrors. Um, first thing I was ever in. And if you go back and you look at that table of contents, it's amazing. Like, yeah. I, f I forget who all, Stephen Graham Jones and Jay Wilburn. It just, it's just incredible. And I'm like, ooh, this was before <laughs> we were who we were. Nice. It's a little look through the looking glass at what was about to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think I've seen a couple of, there's a few volumes, isn't there? Yeah. 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 I think I've seen them kicking around. I might have to check one out one day. Um, it's it's right. a short read. So even a hundred <laughs> yeah. times a hundred is what? 10,000 words or something. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Probably didn't take too long. I think I'd struggle to review that one on the channel though. I'd have to just read it for myself. I'd be yeah. a long ass review. I'd be giving away spoilers, <laughs> like every single story because what else are you going to do? right uh right so yeah the story that we're going to talk about today or the book we're going to talk about today is vicky beautiful by summer cannon have you got a copy there have you yeah yeah i've got a signed copy it says dear pooh bear don't what does it say don't eat this don't eat the cooking that is sound advice she she said to me, who do you want me to make it out to? You want me to Steve or Steven or Kaz? Or, and I was like, who there? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we will be going through some spoilers because we'll be talking about the whole book. Um, so I'm going to remember to say that this time because I didn't on the first episode. Um, so yeah, there will be spoilers and yeah, I think we'll probably end up jumping around a bit rather than going through it linearly. So we'll chat about whatever we kind of want, really. Um, is there a place you want to start or do you want me to kind of kick things off here? Well, I, I want to start with how I came to this book. Oh yeah, no, um, definitely. Yeah. So I've known Summer for a couple of years now. And like I said, you know, I, I got the book from her and uh, I had no idea what to expect. I, yeah, that was definitely the first thing I'd ever read from her. And I was guilty. I will admit I was guilty. I said, oh, it's my good friend Summer. She's a sweetheart. She's a mom. How bad can it be? <laughs> so I'm having a rough day at work and uh, I lay down and, and I, I go to get a bath and I draw a bath and I'm like, all right, let's check out this new you know short novella by uh, Summer Cannon. And I start to read it. And within a couple of chapters, I am like, puking like <laughs> so disgusted like i had to put it down and i'm like a that doesn't happen to me and b i was immediately like, texting summer like what did you do to me and she's like what what's wrong and i'm and i just like sent her a picture of like vicky beautiful and she's like oh yeah yeah that's that's a, that's a gory one <laughs> yeah. i just wanted to set the scene for you guys although i'm sure some of you don't want to picture me naked in a bubble bath but <laughs> there you go now you can't get it out of your heads yeah, I think this is one of those ones. I didn't look it up. Like when you said, suggested it to me, I was like, right, I'll I'll read it. Like I knew the name, so I thought I'll go in. I think it's one of those ones that's really good going in blind, right? Like just mm, not knowing oh, yeah. what it's about. Like because after the first chapter, I was like, well, she's gonna die. Like, and then I thought it was gonna be like a murder mystery, but it was about as far from a murder mystery as you could possibly get. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's uh what is it sasha's the main character and yes. her their childhood friend bryn and then their childhood friend vicky and she's vicky's kind of made it good like her is it was it her husband was kind of wealthy and kind of well connected uh yeah ken was like super rich really much yeah, yeah. and uh she's like come come over to the house and bring your husbands and and everything and uh you know I, like I want to see you guys one last time and Vicky's really into um cooking but like Sasha is the is the like famously the good cook right yeah um because I think she's the one that they go to so you said this is we're good to do spoilers right yeah 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 spoiler away <laughs> um so yeah so they have this beautiful meal and Vicky's like I have cancer I'm gonna die anytime now um and then did she she took her own life right once she had, yeah yeah like yeah. The, you have like the initial chapter which is a bit of a dinner party and it's all going yeah. nice and fancy and then um yeah vicky kind of says she's got an announcement to make and she says her cancer's back and she's got like six months to live and then yeah literally they all go to bed that night and the next morning she's gone to a hotel and killed herself and the police are at the door sort of like you know asking them all about it which is what I thought then was like, oh, it's going to be a whodunit. Right. And then straight away, Ken's like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. She was going to go and kill herself. And you're like, oh, it's not a whodunit. Um, what's this book about then? Yeah, which, and that was one of the things I really enjoyed, which was, you know, you have this character, um, like not just in horror, but kind of everywhere that's like the, 
like the Lady Macbeth character, they're like, oh, she always gets her husband to do what she wants, and she's always railroading her husband, that kind of thing. And Vicky was sort of like this twisted, fucked up take on that. <laughs> like, she had definitely, like, had her husband right where she wanted him, where he was just like, I'm flustered, I, I, have, I can't, I gotta do what she wants, but she had, like, paid off all the cops and, and just arranged everything to where he was like basically backed into this corner right yeah pretty so, much yeah i thought that was a really interesting take on that um that n- kind of nagging wife character it was because she wasn't like someone hateful or kind of someone to right. dislike she was like a good mom she's like a loving wife like she's someone who you know like she's extreme with the beauty stuff and she gets her own way but you're not you don't hate this character in the slightest, really, which is right. a weird position to kind of then put the reader in when she makes a request, which is, I guess is then what the book becomes. But it's very odd because you don't dislike her. She's not someone who's gaslighting everyone or just being too much. She's just, you know, just has an odd request at the end of her life. Yeah. So, um, so she says, like you said, her, her obsession is with beauty and you know plating dishes and everything and she says i want instead of to be buried or cremated or or whatever i want to be made into the greatest meal of all time essentially and i think one of the characters says like do we have to eat you and she's (laughs) like no you you don't well i mean what was it it was in the will you don't have to eat me but I I just want to end up as a beautiful sumptuous um <laughs> feast. Yeah. So, oh god, now you've got me worried about uh what Summer's going to say when uh what if I'm going <laughs> to get a letter from her uh you know, hopefully many many years from now. <laughs> You'd have to have very specific instructions. Yeah. Like the husband character is pretty much like, yeah, I don't know how to do all of that, but she said that, you know, that you know how to do it. So, yeah. Best of luck with that. And and then they get into that really dark part where she's like, Well, if it was a turkey, I would do this. <laughs> but it's That's... a hundred and ten pound human, so I make yeah. these adjustments and that was the bit where I was just like, Okay, this is going really extreme now. Because to begin with, it's like, you know, she dies, she leaves this letter, she's like, you know, when I'm dead, prepare me as a meal sort of thing. I want to be beautiful one last time in this different way. And they're like, what the fuck? We're not doing that. And they're having this, like, you know, kind of internal debate and external debate as well. And the husband's like, I've got to go along with my wife's last wishes. And the two friends are like, this is fucked up. But then at that point, they're like, but how would we do this? And then, yeah, Sasha, the cook's like, well, you know, this is what we'd have to do. And it's so fucking clinical. It's not like an extreme horror version of what you'd have to do. Like I've written scenes where someone gets cooked and I'm pretty much like chuck some spices on them, put them on right. a baking tray, put them in the oven. But this is like, no, this is exactly what you'd have to do to cook a human being that weighs this much properly. And it's so fucking nasty because of how clinical it is. And here's what, here's what, this is why this is one of my favorite extreme horror books um because i i i know i haven't read as many as you you're like you're the expert in the field so you can tell me if i'm way off on this but i have never read another splatterpunk or extreme horror book 
with no antagonism, no antagonist, no, nothing is done out of hate or anger or even fear. I'm like, this is the first and only Splatterpunk book I'm aware of where it's everyone trying to be a good, dear friend, and they <laughs> do the horrifying things they do out of like the purest kind of love. Like the, the closest thing you get to like the, uh, an antagonist in it is Vicky herself. Cause you're sort of like, why did she, <laughs> why did she push this onto her friends? But you're also kind of like, it's what she wanted. People are weird. Yeah, you know, people yeah. eat peanut butter and, and uh, <laughs> you know, mustard sandwiches. Like, okay. Some people are just like that. I mean, like, am I way off? No, no, I think so as well. Like, yeah, there is no real antagonist. Like, what she's asked of her friends is is something I hope none of my friends ever ask of me because that's horrific. But, yeah, like, at the same time, she doesn't just want to, you know, from the character you understand of her, of course she doesn't want to just be buried in the ground and decompose. Like, that's not what the way she's lived her life. You know, she wants this glorious kind of final thing. Um, but, yeah, no, there's... There's no antagonist, which, yeah, I didn't think at the time. But no, you're right. There really isn't. Because even Ken isn't that. Like, they try and make him that at times, but he's not. He's just some loving yeah. husband who's trying to do right by his dead wife. Like, Yeah. Like, like he's baffled. Like, at worst, yeah, at worst, they're all kind of baffled. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no one's setting out to be a dick about it. Like, they're all just like, well... Yeah, how can we do this and can we live with ourselves doing this but right could we live with ourselves not doing this not this doing is our it. dead friends last week yeah. like um yeah no it probably is considering how extreme it is and how nasty it is to not have an antagonist is is pretty special like yeah i was i was outright i never get like i think maybe maybe full brutal by triana <laughs> Might have been the only other thing where I've been like physically had to stop reading the book because I was so grossed out. But this one, <laughs> I, I had to put it down. It was too much. I was like more like, um, so, you know, when you like double back, you're like, wait, there, did I read that? <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, yep, yeah, no, nope, I did. She wants to be cooked. Um, but yeah, no, that scene where like um, Sasha's going through what they would have to do, like, you know, decapitate her and pull all of her guts out and get rid of all the organs. And they're like, how the fuck are we going to do that? And as a reader, you're reading it going, how the fuck are you going to do that? Like, you know, you're, you're a bunch of ordinary nice people. Like, this isn't like some kind of weird cult club thing or something. This is like, you know, just regular folk having to do something massively extreme. Yep. And didn't they have? Didn't she pay off the butcher or something in town? Uh, Ken did. Yeah, Ken, Ken yeah. got like the butcher who wasn't pleased to kind of like, yeah, like chop up the body and basically prepare it up to the point where they could cook it. Um, but it was all kind of like expensive, and no one's really going to talk about it. And the kind of butcher was really like awkwardly like, "This is fucked up." It's like, right. Um, but yeah, like he paid off the cops as well, so there was no real investigation to what's going on with the body and all the parts they took out of her is what went into the coffin to like then bury her for the proper funeral, which is so fucking dark. 
yeah it was like it was almost like one of those things where they um like you were talking about the um murder mysteries or things before where they like have the whole thing planned out and you're like oh it's so clever but she had done it all like off screen before any of it had ever happened yeah 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 no that was one of the really interesting things about it like because she even knew that her friend would know what to do like her instructions to ken about cooking her were like ask sasha yeah you know wow that's fucking that's fucked up like how do you know your friend would work out how to cook someone like Especially when on about like binding her body so that they can cook it evenly, and you're like, "Wow, well, they really are just foil on the breast." Yeah. Was it some parts had they... to be foiled and others didn't? Well, yeah, because she didn't foil it at first, and she was realizing that like different parts of the meat were cooking at different times, so parts would be burnt and not, and so like they ended up like foiling it all, and that was when she lost her shit about Ken not really doing much, and was like, "You're gonna help me, like." wrap your dead wife's carcass in foil so we can right. put her in the garden like fuck right. yeah i just i i loved that book and uh was that your was that your first summer first yeah, summer yeah. books okay yeah i'd seen the name kicking around a little bit um so yeah when you suggested it i was like oh okay cool that gives me a reason to kind of dive into one rather than kind of get to it at some point awesome. um, yeah it was like I said it was pretty shocking like from the moment they got like the letters onwards you're like what is this book like what like, this is yeah. going a completely different direction like i didn't read the synopsis beforehand like i like as far as i knew like i guessed a friend would be dead in the morning that was like the only way i could see the book kind of being projected forward but after that, I was like, I have no idea what's happening. And yeah, like the two friends talking in the bedroom about how they would do it. And then like the idea of preparing her properly as well. It wasn't like a half-assed job because they're like, you know, Vicky always wants to be beautiful. Everything always has to be perfect. You know, whenever we see her, she always makes this grand effort. So we can't just like toss her carcass on the barbecue. It has to be like spiced and cooked properly and evenly prepared and beautifully laid out and you're just like wow like that is a lot <laughs> yeah and you feel like this is one of these things where like not to be trite and i know we're two white guys and whatever but, but there's always a talk about like you know what's can women write horror and what's women's place in horror you know and that kind of thing and i'm like i would argue that this is a book that establishes a particular niche that only a woman could do. And I'm like, the relationship between the characters, it feels so like lived in and real and like the real kind of friendships that women would have. Like you said, like you don't particularly dislike Vicky, but you can feel that they're all like, oh, she's the perfectionist. She always has to have her crystal goblets just so and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. And like, you feel like, like this is something that only a woman could bring to horror and to extreme horror and i'm like you know thank god thank god for summer you know yeah well it's the relationship between the three of them is just written so well like you kind of learn that you know like vicky has been you know kind of the backbone of the group at times and she's the one that helped um barney kind of get started with her own business and made money and they've all got their little kind of roles within the friendship group and they acknowledge as well that like three women being friends for 
20, 30 years is kind of rare, you know, especially without right. any big drama to it. So there is this kind of loyalty where they just, yeah, they owe it to her to do a crazy fucked up final wish. Like, and yeah, it doesn't feel in doubt. Like as much as there's this internal debate and it's a big part of the book, you're like, you're going to do it. Like it's your best mate who's, yeah, it's a wacky request, but you know, she's had your back. So it's, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Right. Yeah. Cause like you'd have no book. I'm like, you know, uh, you, you believe it, Be, like you said, because of the loyalty and the friendship and the, um, you, you know, there's always these characters in books like this that you're like, why are they even doing that? I, and I get it. It's, you know, well, the slob did such and such because he was angry or, you know, like there's not a whole lot of justification for why people do stuff. And to do something this extreme and horrific, I feel like she really covered all the bases because it's. It was like all the debates that I was having in my head, which is, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the hallmark of a good book. Like, what would I do in that situation? And she kind of covered them all to the point where I was like, okay, I guess I would do the same thing in that oh, yeah. situation. Yeah. Because that's the other thing, isn't it? Is you're thinking about it, but also it's not something wild. It's not like, oh, could I kill this slasher? Like, right. could I survive this deadly whatever? This is like, well, this is something in theory you could do like you wouldn't want to but it's not some outrageous feat it's just something that you shouldn't fucking go near but so when they're having that debate you're like well it kind of feels real because yeah it's a weird situation but it's it's not some massive feat of strength or some insane survival thing it's you know it's, could you cook a person yeah it's almost like a morality kind of question yeah. Yeah, I think like hold your they, nose and do it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think where they were so well written, you kind of understood their viewpoints really well, and just yeah, I don't know, it really worked in that sense because you're right there with them in the room, thinking like, you know, should you do it? Like the husbands are quite quiet, which I thought was quite interesting because that kind of gives you the opportunity to kind of insert yourself into their role and just be the observer as to. Right. Yeah, because it's not your fucking choice at the end of the day. Like it's the friend's and the husband's choice. Well, the husband's already made up his mind. So it's just the two women's choice, really. Like, are they gonna do this or not? Everyone else just kind of has to go along with it. Yeah. This was just just genius. I, I just think this is genius. And I I, I think it's like criminally underread. And I remember when you came to me and you said, you know, what do you want to do? I don't want to do your own. I don't want you to pick your one of your own books. This was the first and only, you know, choice that I would have had. Yeah, I don't think you hesitated. I think you sent the message yeah. back straight away. And I kind of had a look and was like, oh, okay, it's quite a short one. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were saying at the beginning, it, it can't be a door. What are the rules? It can't be a doorstop and it has yeah. to be extreme just horror or something. Yeah, just nothing of your own. Extreme horror, yeah, oh, punk, yeah. anything within those realms. And yeah, yeah. no fucking 500-page tomb because I just I don't have the time. So um, where did you stand on the whole thinking anyone would try it? Like, So after Vicky's been cooked and laid out on this beautiful table, everyone's in their bests, sitting around. Did you think anyone was going to have a munch? I, that's one of those things where it's like, how do you leave it 
after you've done all of that, how do you not? <laughs> you know? Like that's it's kind so... of where my brain was going. It's like it's right there. It smells so good. <laughs> yeah, we got this far. And I'm like, you know, yeah, even if it's something you you don't want to do, like, you know, change a tire or something, you're like, well, I've done it now. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see how you could go through all that trouble and then not try it. <laughs> but then you're, it's like, but then that's a horrifying thought, isn't it? You know, like now I've eaten my wife or my best friend or... <laughs> But then you know there's like cultures where they do that so you, i don't know maybe there's something to it yeah i was thinking like symbolically like from ken's standpoint about his wife kind of living on through him it kind of made sense but at the same time you're like dude you're like that's your wife you're eating what do you what did you think i thought i thought he was gonna i spent most of the book thinking he was going to and then when he went to do it i was like ken don't do that like so yeah i kind of wanted him to all work and then when he did i was like what are you doing like just right you know you've had that nice moment you're like you've done her final wish you're all sitting around but yeah like they did just she just kept going on about how fucking good it smelled and how great it looked and how hungry everyone was because obviously they couldn't eat just thinking about doing all of this which is you know perfectly understandable you're not going to feast when you're in grief and then yeah you've got this great smell of meat just sitting there in front of you which almost feels like vicky's last kind of you know (laughs) thought process like oh yeah they're going to go through all this then what are they going to do i told them they don't have to but i'm going to be right there you know like Well, I think it fits in with the whole beauty thing, right? Like, you know, like she knows at this point she's going to fucking smell divine. She's going to look really delicious. Like that final act of beauty almost. Like, how do you deny it? Yeah. And the other thing that's unique is, you know, when we think about cannibalism, there's always kind of this very like base, you know, feeling about like you think of the donner party like oh well out of desperation they ate frozen chunks or or maybe you're in like a setting where it's like hillbillies or like natives or or so like uh, there's nothing like that makes it desirable i mean like Mm -hmm. or worst case scenario like you know Mm -hmm. the road or walking dead or something where it's like well out of desperation we've done this but we don't we don't really enjoy the meat kind of thing and then like it, it's interesting it's like in all of this horror and stuff why is summer the first one that ever said well what if you just did it really nicely maybe <laughs> a really really good meal and you guys just don't know because you always think of it as like this unpleasant thing you have, you're forced into or you have to do yeah well it was like in my head it was like um those like old martin scorsese films where you used to shoot the food like mass like so lovely so like brilliantly it was like that i could just see this fucking carcass lying there like steam coming off and it's all herbs and spices and it looks fucking delicious and the meat's like the right color and you're all starving and you're just yeah. like man like if i was there oh, i'd be so tempted 
like when they're cooking the meal and Goodfellas and the in the prison yeah, uh, or exactly, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everything just looks fucking divine. But yeah, like she decided to do it with a human, which like you said is weird, right? Because yeah, most of the time it's either eaten raw by some crazy cannibalistic group or it's like yeah we don't want to do this but you know what else is there sort of thing like yeah it is very rare for someone to be like no look at it it's fucking delicious like you should try some (laughs) long pig (laughs) yeah well yeah they um they talk about like the spit roast and stuff as well don't they like that's how they're like preparing it in the garden it's like oh you remember that time we had the pig like we could do it like that. Yeah. yeah, just like that. So again, it's like putting those images in your head of something that you know tastes fucking great. It's just, it's just demented. It's just summer's demented genius. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't even think. I didn't think of, even think about that until you brought that up just now. Like the way she almost like subliminally is bombarding you with this stuff, like here are your thoughts about friendship oh well let me take you right up to this edge of friendship and here's your thoughts about what's delicious well wouldn't this be delicious and it's like <laughs> you you took me on you sure dragged me along by the nose on this journey you know <laughs> yeah I, uh, I think like yeah i think by the end of the book you kind of want to taste right like it's just too much build up <laughs> yeah <laughs> That curiosity would get the better of you. Yeah, you got to wonder about that. <laughs> I guess you know the way they say you can do it legally is if you if someone's had an amputation, they can request their body part back. Oh, I think really? that's the only. I think that's the only way you can legally do. I think cannibalism is considered illegal under any circumstances. But if you've had a part cut off, you can request it back as medical waste, and then you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> but under any other circumstances, it's it's uh, desecration of a corpse or something, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Well, so. you're in the UK, right? I, I, maybe it's different yeah. in the states. Here's <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. That's when you gotta find a friend who's just like the best fucking cook, though, right? Like you don't right. want to just tug into that like raw meat. You're like, yeah. How do you make this look like a fucking leg of lamb or something? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's a just very unique book. Like I said I, at the beginning, I just haven't really read anything like it before. It just as you mentioned, there's no antagonist. There's no kind of ominous force. There's no no one's really got a gun to their head. There's no ticking clock. Like there's none of the normal kind of story devices are there it's just it's like a little hangout sort of story but with this weird cannibalism aspect it's very unique particularly i would say in the horror field Mm. and the extreme horror field but yeah absolutely you're right there's nothing well yeah i mean if they want eating their friend this would be some like slice of life drama right yeah, like Real Housewives or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very odd one. Um, but yeah, just yeah, absolutely fantastic book. Though. I just highly recommend to people. Um, 
I said I would recommend it going in blind. So if they've watched this podcast, that wouldn't be the case. But we've ruined like, it. Yeah, we've ruined it. But if I'm recommending it to people that don't know about it, I would just be like, no, I'm not telling you anything about it. Just give it a read and come back to me afterwards and let me know what you think. <laughs> and it's so short. It's it's just a brief novella. Like, yeah, I think I got through. Like I said, I got through it maybe a, the bath, and then I had to put it <laughs> down, and then maybe the next day. Yeah, I think I read it in an evening. I think I was just kind of powered right through it, like read the initial kind of chapter or two and was like, what the fuck is going on? And then that was it, kind of couldn't pull it down after that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad to hear it because, you know, I, uh, I I just love Summer's work so much. It started with that one. And then I picked up like um, Killer Chronicles. Um which was her kind of take on um you know fairies okay. like uh you know the kind of like the irish or, or um gaelic kind of fairies mm-hmm. yeah and it was about this reporter that goes down south to report on what she thinks is a serial killer and it turns out to be sort of an ancient gaelic fairy and uh, i was just so inspired i think in my last um yeah in my last short story um my chopping list and i referenced uh, uh, something about from that reporter and i was okay. like i just i just gotta you know tip nice my hat to Easter summer egg. yeah is that the one you recommend kind of read it next from her killer chronicles yeah yeah check out killer chronicles um your mind uh the i have not read the hag witch yet she has the the Hag Witch of Trip Creek. She gets into some of that occult stuff, mm. um, which if if that's your bag, that's really cool stuff too. I always kind of uh, like yeah. binge the occult stuff. Like I won't read any for ages and then I'll read like four or five in a row or something. Right. Just kind of get into that. See, now Killer Chronicles is like, if this was kind of like the takedown of like the female like friendship thing, I thought that was like the takedown of the female sexuality thing right. because this journalist is very, um, she, she is not shy about her <laughs> libido and she's not like, and this is again, kind of now that I'm thinking, about, you've got all these pistons firing in my head here. <laughs> um, the way that like summer didn't take any shortcuts with the um, characters in Vicky beautiful it was similar in um, Killer Chronicles because, you know, normally you have either the femme fatale and she just wants to fuck you and then kill you. Or you have like the virgin who has to be taught what love is and this kind of thing. And this character is just very like matter of fact, like I am looking for a sexual relationship. I am not looking for love. Like get on board or don't. I don't really care. And it becomes kind of like this crux of the book, like the yeah. way that the the characters have this uh, the way that the characters have sex eventually like really informs the rest of the book and again you never hate her for it you never like judge her for it it's like a very different take on that, that kind of character that in somebody else's hands would have been i would imagine very crude right so it's not coming across like slutty or anything like that it's more functional no. No, not at all. She's just like, look, I, I am not a slut, but I'm here reporting on some shit for yeah. a few days. Need to blow off some steam. Yeah, take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. I'll definitely check out more of her work. It's, yeah, like Vicky, beautiful. Just, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say it caught me off guard because I had no expectation, but I was just like, this is something I haven't read before. Like, which it's kind of always what you're after, right? You want to read something yeah. that's just, you know, I can't compare this to anything else. I, normally I'm like, oh, it reminds me of this movie or something, but I'm like, I can't even think of a film that I would say, oh, this is like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like maybe it would have been an episode of Six Feet Under back in the day or something like that. That's the closest I could kind of think of. Like other than that, it just felt really like completely unique. And yeah. Really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have any other notes on it or anything else you want to talk about within the book? I think we've talked about the book longer than it would take to read the book. <laughs> I think we, so I th- I think we did a pretty good job. <laughs> Yeah, I but, think so too. yeah, I mean, short of maybe doing a book report or something, I, I think we, yeah, but you've really, you've really got, got me, <laughs> I've, I've been wanting to talk about this book with someone for so long too. That's um, one of those books that sticks in your head though, right? Like if yeah. for a short book, you kind of have a read and you know, like, oh, that was really good. And then two, three days later, you're like, would I cook someone? <laughs> yeah. Could I do that? Which one of my fucked up friends is going to suggest that we cook them and eat them for their final Like, like It's just the morality question of it all. Which, yeah, like it isn't, the book's not judgy, is it? It's not like if you do this, you're fucking going to hell. It's more like, you know, just would you? Like, No, yeah, it's really not judgmental. I feel, and I think it was really well handled. I'm like the character I most want to hate is Vicky for putting other people in this situation, but it's yeah. also like, how mad can I be? Like a butterfly has <laughs> got to be a butterfly. Like, yeah. okay, it's weird, but it's in keeping, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's left field, but not f- so much for them. Like you know, they kind of accept like. Yeah, this is the sort of shit you would do. Like, right. <laughs> but yeah, normal person, no. Vicky, yeah, I could see why she would want this. Which I think is ultimately why they do it, right? Because they just know, like, she was of yeah. sound mind. This wasn't, yeah. like, they question it. And Ken's like, no, no, she wasn't, like, you know, going demented or something. Like, this is what she wanted. And they didn't push the point. They were just like, did you try and talk her out of it? Like, they want suggested like he had any role in it or anything like that it was more like well did you try and talk her out doing this crazy thing because they knew that it was from her point of view that she was the one who suggested it yeah uh, but yeah like i said definitely a fantastic book and one i would highly recommend um, oh yeah and yeah i think like i said i'll definitely try and check out more of her work as well because this one just got me very curious really good good you've done yeah, your I, I just think she's <laughs> criminally underread it's not really a name i see pop up too much like within <laughs> the kind of community it's you know occasionally but not often so i have to do something about that yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm trying to make that my mission yeah <laughs> i mean that's a pretty good mission um so yeah um thank you very much for suggesting the book like so really enjoyed it um and yeah for coming on the show as well especially so early when you have no idea what it's going to be like so 
No, I have no idea what it's going to yeah. be like. <laughs> Got to get in and, uh, you know, get in while, while it's getting good, yeah. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for coming along. And hopefully I'll be, uh, have another episode come out shortly. So um, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for having me.